You're the guy that goes downtown, hangs out with the homeless people. You're the guy that goes and talks, how can we get more meals to this section of town? You're the person that says, how can I get a food truck up and running so we can feed the homeless? How can we educate them? You talk about how can we house them? Hey, this is Zed. Welcome to the Voyage Cast, where we discuss all things wellness. From interviews to tips and tools, we are here to inspire and help you grow. On today's episode, we finish out part two of our interview with Micah Mayberry. I serve the homeless. I mean, we're called to do those kinds of things, but it's not just about giving a guy, you know, a few bucks so that he can have a meal or buy an, a meal. It's much more than that. It becomes and should become more of a relational deal as opposed to a transactional uh, deal. And that's, I think that's the part that we skip is that our world and all of these um, things are becoming much more transactional. Very quick, the turnover, fast, phone, buy, Amazon, now, <laughs> you know, whatever is seamless and easy and efficient. And it's also very distracting. And so the homeless to me, I try to build homes for the homeless and they don't deserve it. They don't. And neither do I. And so I have a image of what the kingdom is all about. And I get a home, a palace of a home because of God's grace on me. And so he's building that while I'm in my fire, screwing up, committing adultery, doing all these stupid jobs, losing myself, you know, whatever, having a child with another person, you know, all of these things, just losing myself while he's up there building me a home. And so I feel homeless myself. You know, I feel like I, on the inside, I do a really good job of masking what's on the inside, which is filthy. It stinks. It has a wet jacket. You know, it has a long backpack full of all kinds of junk, you know, worldly treasures that I'm clinging on to. It has just pure emptiness and be just being lost. Maybe it is addiction, you know, uh, addicted to my phone, addicted to the world. It could be a, a substance, whatever it is. And in the meantime, God's building me a house that I don't deserve at all. You know, I'm being married to a person like Danae that I don't deserve at all. And so for me, when you get to get the opportunity to build something, whether it's a house or it's a laundry truck or it's a food thing or whatever, anything that you can do together and build something together for a person that doesn't deserve it, I think that mirrors the kingdom. And I think it empowers people to understand how to work together for the greater good and for a greater purpose. And so, although I do have a passion for the homeless, it's not really about the homeless. It's about reintroducing to the world what a human-to-human, heart-to-heart interaction, a relational relationship looks like as opposed to a transactional one. Facebook to me is very transactional. Instagram is very transactional. It just seems like that, um, you know, I'm in my headphones. I'm not saying hi in the grocery store. <laughs> uh, everything is kind of closed off. Everything is becoming more and more transactional. And I don't, I don't believe that that's what we were created to be and created to act. I think we were created to be much more relational human beings. And if I can empower people to help the homeless and build those relationships for somebody that doesn't deserve it, there's a lot of gold there because that's what God does for us. Amen to that. And so here we go. That's part of the next chapter. It's called Front Porch Farms. The Front Porch came to me 
uh, with a relationship that I didn't deserve either on a on a front porch. This older guy named Bill Streets. <laughs> I think I was seven at the time. I would run home, walk home, walk run from school, leave my backpack on the front of the driveway, and run straight to my next door neighbor's front porch. And this sixty-five-year-old man poured into everything. You know, told me about his career and his stories, and to this little seven-year-old kid. And I would tell him about the playground and the classroom and my parents and, you know, all the things. And he would listen intently, listen. And I would intently listen. And I didn't care about the stories per se, you know, like the the oil that he filled that he was in and the, you know, and whatever. It was just about the relationship that he was listening to me, talk to me about, I mean, about my stuff. And I was listening to him talk to me about his stuff. And it was the most empowered I've ever felt was just being able to have a conversation, a friendship, a true friendship with a guy that um, why would he listen to a seven-year-old really, you know, and why would I listen to him? He's 65 years old. He's retired. You know, that helped me understand the power of listening and also taught me the power of relationship with friends, with people. And I want to create more front porches you know, by mirroring what the kingdom offers us. That's my whole goal in this next chapter. So what exactly is Front Porch Homes? Front Porch Farms. Sorry, my bad. Jeez. <laughs> Maybe I should change it to Front Porch Home. Hey, you might have something there. <laughs> no, basically the, the concept is to really reach out to people that want to help somebody. They need something to do. Right now, I'm um, going into sober living homes and... Uh, recovery centers. There's a lot of broken people there that need jobs. And so the whole concept is to take those people and get them sponsored for a job. And their job is to help me build a home. And so if I could get a sponsorship or a lot of sponsorships to where they're paying them the whatever minimum wage, whatever, that doesn't even really matter as much as that we're doing this together for somebody that doesn't deserve it. It could be their home and it, or it could be a homeless person. But the idea and the concept is to provide work for somebody that doesn't have it, that's seeking to be better. People that are in recovery have made the choice to be better. People in sober living homes are still in that fire, in the mud, trying to figure out how am I going to pay off my bills? How am I going to get back with my lady? How am I going to get back with my kids? How am I going to rekindle these relationships? How am I going to stay sober? All those kinds of things. And the idea is to just build something together for somebody that doesn't really deserve it and have that sponsored. The end game is to have a village of these people full of maybe 60% of people that suburbia type folks with 40% uh, people that have been on the streets, you know, so the, 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 really the focus is on the chronically homeless, uh, the ones that have been kicked to the curb the most, the ones that don't have a safety net of friends or family, um, there's a lot of veterans in this town when they get discharged honorably or not. Uh, there's really no safety net when they come back and they have to act like a civilian. Uh, we want to be the safety net for them. We want to be their family. We want to be their friends that they need. Um, community is the juice to all of it. If you can do build something in community, if you can live in community, where your next door neighbor is your, not just your neighbor, but your brother and your sister. I don't know about you, but I don't know a whole lot of my neighbors. I live in a cul-de-sac. 
and I don't know a whole lot. I know what they look like. I don't know that I could tell you all their names. You know, I don't. That's not how it's supposed to be. Um, I don't know that we're supposed to be so closed off to the world. And homeless people are very closed off. A um, lot of trust issues there. You know, and a lot of layered mental illness, addictions, um, history, trauma. It's very layered. Denver feels like they have a problem, and it's the homeless. Mm -hmm. And it's been a problem for a long time, and the federal has given money, and the state has given money to fix this problem. And what they don't understand, in my opinion, is that a roof over your head doesn't fix this quote-unquote problem. Food doesn't fix this problem. You know, more affordable housing doesn't fix this problem. Community is what fixes the issue here because when you hand the keys to a chronically homeless guy to go to their free house or their affordable home that they finally are able to go into because it's a long waiting list, what do you think that guy's going to do? I mean, he there's 24 hours in the day. You just hand him the keys. He's going to go in there, shut the door, then what? Right? He's still by himself. And loneliness, as you'll find in studies, recent studies, is the number one killer in the United States. And so there isn't anybody really as lonely as a chronically homeless. And so that's not going to fix it. That doesn't fix anything. And so you're going to see the homeless population doubling and tripling, even though we're getting more and more funds from government. Government does not provide community. You know, we do. It's our responsibility as citizens to live in that ability and to be called in those desires to help somebody else. And, and really understanding technology, no, they can't just up and go get a job. They don't even have an ID. You know, They're dealing with mental illness. They're dealing with trauma all by themselves. There's no family. There's no friends. If you're homeless, nine times out of ten, probably more than that, you've experienced a profound, catastrophic loss of family. And so how do we heal that? Well, we can do the best we can with community. That's what heals it. And the government and the state can't provide that. So if we have people that can inspire and empower people to help the homeless, then let's do it. You know, let's get together and let's build something really special that is going to revolutionize how we look at the homeless even and get them off the street. Sorry to interrupt, but if you're looking for additional wellness services in the Denver metro area, check out Voyages Wellness Group. We can be reached at vwell.group. That's V-W-E-L-L dot group. Now, back to your regularly scheduled program. When I love the idea, too, and you, have, you and I have brainstormed a ton about this. Uh, you've kind of shared your vision. But that idea of people being able to volunteer. Yeah. Just average Joe's. You know, creating an app where they can go and say, hey, I, I have Monday from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. to go help on this project. Absolutely. Right? And it's the actual impact that that person who is volunteering has that's almost as critical, if not more critical, than the result of building the home. And it's just being a part of that process. And what does that teach them? Correct. Absolutely. And, and, it, and this isn't a thing where it needs to be every day because <laughs> I'm passionate about the homeless. I bring homeless home to my house. I, sh you know, I'll, I'll clothe them. I'll give them a, you know, a shower and get them on their way. And it takes everything I have. They wear me out. Right. But if I get somebody else to help me 
then it's a pure joy because community is the juice. And so on that point, Matt, that it's it needs to be an evolving door because we do have our own life. We have our own spouse. We have our own kids. We have our own careers. And that takes up a good chunk of our time. And any time that we have, we're trying to recover, <laughs> you know, rest and sleep or exercise or things like that. So I don't need a ton of time. I just need a small group of maybe five or six to eight and just have a revolving door of teams um, that are only putting in, you know, three to five hours every six weeks, something like that. Take, a, you know, you and a group of your friends that want to do something cool or do something special. Let me show you the blueprint. Let me show you what you can do. That's my job is to manage and to provide what, you know, what wall you can build or what you can paint or, you know, what you can do with this house. And the goal is to not be so efficient. I can build a tiny house in a weekend. Me, you, and a couple other people can build one. In a, it's, it's the opposite. I'm trying to be as inefficient with this process as possible and get as many hands on this house as possible because in the inefficiencies of the process, it allows more process, more journey, more relationship to take place, which we all know is where the gold is. And that's what you want to provide. So that's the goal. I love it. With the end game of, of a village in mind, you know. Mm. I love this mission and the vision you have. And if anyone was interested in partnering with you or joining up with you, like how would they get in contact with you? Yeah, I, right now it's my cell phone. You know, you can look me up on Facebook, but uh, but anybody can reach me. I post my my cell phone on, on my pages. Uh, it's 303-495-4312. I'm a part of uh, Change the Trend. It's kind of a tri-county, Arapahoe, Douglas, um, city of Inglewood, you know, Jefferson, uh, county type of thing. Uh, it's kind of in that, but I, but I'm all over the place. I'll, I'll bring on whoever wants to help. That's so awesome, Micah. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing all this and your story. And I can't wait to see how your uh, vision develops over time. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. It's been a privilege being on here. Uh, the website's down right now, but frontporchfarms.org is, is what the, uh, the website is. And, um, I'm looking forward to this to this next this next chapter. It's going to be fun. Well, we're going to bring you back on absolutely once that starts getting going, and, and we'll we'll do another episode just on that. Sounds great to me. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Voyage Cast. If you like what we're doing, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you're ever so kind, please be sure to share this with a friend. I imagine you two large men in a cage <laughs> holding oh, those, each other. Those, those great whites have no idea what's coming. Yeah, they they better watch straight. out. The great yeah. whites are going to meet two more great whites. That's right. <laughs> we're going to see who... We're a bunch play, of land sharks. We're going to play a game of chicken on their home court. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> no cage. You know. No tank. We're diving straight in. We're just let's push do this. Let's wrestle. Away. Yeah, that's, that's it. So awesome. <laughs>